Hi guys, welcome to the first Rock Yo Bod Pod episode of 2022. Whoop whoop. Um, so excited to be back and talking to you guys. This was originally supposed to come out in 2021, but you know how things get around the holidays. Things can get a little crazy. So here we are recording it now at 10 o'clock at night because what better time? I just lathered on some self-tanner, letting that air dry before getting in bed. It just popped in NyQuil. So that is the status. If the quality of this podcast isn't great, you know why. Um, But thank you for tuning in. So excited that you're here. Um, And for those of you who are new, I'm Hayden Mitzloff. I'm the host. I am a graduate student in Lipscomb's Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program, entering my fifth semester of their program, first day of classes, back tomorrow. Gonna be a little rusty, um, but here we are, excited about what's to come in 2022. And I guess that brings me to the purpose of this episode. Um, This episode is just going to be a fun little recap of 10 things that I learned in 2021 and 10 things that I want to keep going into the new year. Um, So we're here. That's the status. Um, It's just going to be me flying solo today. Um, But thank you guys for being here. And also just a huge thank you for your support in 2021. Um, This podcast most definitely wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for your words of encouragement, your love, your constant support. You guys just really are the best. And I appreciate each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart. So thank you. Thank you. Um, also just in keeping with the theme and the format of other episodes, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the other episodes, I like to start by asking the guest, whoever it is on the show, what their go-to favorite inspirational, motivational song is. Just that song that makes you feel like a badass. Um, and I have a new one to add to the playlist that I just discovered this past week on New Music Friday. And it is Brave by Ella Henderson. I'm pretty sure it's Ella Henderson. Um, but added it to the playlist. It is such a banger. Definitely some main character energy vibes. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with the playlist too, the title of the playlist is Main Character Energy. I think you can just type that into Spotify. Um, and it's collaborative. So add all your songs too. I love when people add their songs. So more the merrier. Welcome anything and everything. So yes, that's that. Um, so now I guess we'll just dive into it. So 10 things that I learned in 2021. And first and foremost, I learned that the sky isn't falling. You may feel like your world is crashing down, but no matter how dark, scary, and hard times get, the sky is not falling. I promise you, it's not falling. You can still stand on your own two feet, and if you can't stand, you can kneel Heck, you can even lie down, but I promise you, you can stay strong and make it through. And this past year, I've definitely felt like the sky was falling at times. And for those of you who have been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about some of my digestive issues, my acid reflux, my GERD, um, and just the esophageal pain that kind of um, follows that. Um, So some days my esophageal pain would literally get so bad. I would think to myself, like my esophagus is actually going to rupture or there's no way I can eat or drink anything today. I'm literally in so much pain. But with care, medication, and a lot of anxiety and stress management techniques, 
I was able to invalidate that fear and prove to myself that the sky wasn't falling. I was going to be okay. I was going to wake up again the next day. I was going to be able to get by. With the help of some Tums, of course. Um, Gotta give them a shout out too, because they really helped me. (laughs) But another example would be when I said the wrong thing in a session with a client or I double booked clients. Yes, in that moment, I felt like the sky was falling. I was like, shit, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to use this inter- lose this internship. But I was always able to sort through that problem with healthy communication with my clients or my supervisor. The sky was not falling. So number one, the sky isn't falling. And number two, you are the sharpest tool in your toolbox. I've learned this through personal experience and through observing other people. When it comes to clients and therapy, a lot of clients start therapy looking at their therapist um, for all the answers. Like they think that they are going to come to them and just automatically be fixed. I know this was the case for me. Like in the peak of my eating disorder, I was like, great, I'm into a doctor. Now I'm just going to be absolved of all these issues. But that's not the case. And just like a patient would go to a doctor, a client seeks a therapist for a particular problem or symptom that they're hoping to alleviate. And after bringing that problem to the clinician, they expect a prescription for that behavior or blueprint treatment plan for coping with certain issues, just like a doctor would give you an antibiotic for an infection. But again, this is simply not how therapy works. While they can provide you with various skills and tools to help you with healing, you're the only one who can put those tools and skills into play. As much as I would love to take credit for my client's progress, I can't take full credit They're the ones driving that bus for their own healing. Another example would be a workout class. So whatever workout class you like to do, it might be Orange Theory, it might be Bar, it might be a cycling class, whatever. In that class, the instructor beautifully guides you through movement and provides you with direction, but you're the one who has to follow that choreography, hold that position, do those crunches, run that sprint, whatever it might be. You have to do that yourself. The instructor can tell you to do that, but you're the one who's in charge of that movement. You're the only one capable of getting to that finish line. So number two, you are the sharpest tool in your toolbox. And number three, you can teach an old dog new tricks if they're willing to learn. This is also a lesson I learned from my own therapy and walking with others in their therapy journeys. And this kind of brings me into the world of cognitive behavioral therapy. For those of you who aren't familiar with CBT, it's basically a concept where we talk about um, how our cognitions, um, so kind of how we think our thoughts and how we feel our emotions and how we act, our behavior, all interact together. Therefore, negative and unrealistic thoughts can negatively impact our behavior and actions. So in order to change certain behaviors, we have to change our cognitions So while a dog may behave a certain way, they may have certain tricks that he can do or certain tricks that he can't do. If we change what's going on in his head, we can influence the tricks he's capable of doing as long as he wants to learn. So kind of catching my drift with that, it can be kind of confusing, but I'll also translate this into a more human example that might be more relatable. Um, So think of someone who has an eating disorder. Say Sally is really struggling with binge eating as a result of the loss of her job. The behavior that we want to change would be the binge eating. 
the thought that we need to address is I am a failure because I lost my job. Nobody wants to hire me. So what's the link between the binge eating and that negative thought? Well, it could be a multitude multitude of things, but it's likely that she's eating to avoid those dark, scary thoughts. The more she eats, the more those thoughts are suppressed. The more she numbs out with food, the less she is reminded that she is a so-called failure. So let's reframe that negative thought. Instead of, I am a failure because I lost my job, let's just state the fact, I lost my job, facts over drama. And this is something that I've definitely preached in other episodes. I love facts over drama. And with this fact alone and no added drama or self-deprecation, we can desensitize Sally to this scary thought. And in de- and desensitizing Sally to this scary thought, easy for me to say, <laughs> this is going to eliminate her need to binge eat in order to suppress or numb out those bad feelings. And that process is definitely easier said than done. But if she's willing to change her mind and behavior, she can change it. And for some, that may seem like a big, scary step, reframing that thought. That's hard. That's a lot. We have a lot of unlearning to do in that. But what if we just taught her a new trick instead, if she's enabled to kind of change and tweak that thought? So instead of binge eating when wanting to avoid those thoughts or feelings, what if she journaled? What if she went for a walk? What if she chewed gum? What if she cooked? What if she FaceTimed a friend, read a book, watched a new Netflix show? Whatever it might be, just any other activity that can still have the same effect and provide happy feelings without binging. And again, she can only do this if she's willing to learn a new trick. So we can teach a dog a new trick if they're willing to learn. So that's number three. And then number four, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. And do you all remember when we were little and the flight attendant would be doing their spiel on the plane and they would demonstrate how to put on the oxygen mask? Then they would say you have to put on your oxygen mask first before assisting others. Whenever they would do this, I would have a little freak out because I was like, well, by the time someone else gets to me, my mom or dad get to me, I will have already suffocated. So in my head, I made it my mission that I was going to do it as fast as I could. And I was going to put on my oxygen mask without the help of others. And this is funny because the more I think about it, I'm like, this is definitely a metaphor for my life. I hate asking for help in any capacity and always try and figure things out on my own first. Um, But this can also be applicable to many other areas of life. And this year, this saying has proven itself to be more true than ever. Entering the mental health field profession, I have to make sure that I'm okay and I have my needs met before I can help and meet the needs of others. Like, how am I supposed to help my clients work through their shit if I haven't worked through my own shit? How am I supposed to meet with a client at 6.30 at night if I'm starving and only got four hours of sleep? I mean, I could meet with the client, but it's probably not going to be an effective session and therapy's not cheap, so I want it to be worthwhile. Um, and in order to combat that and to make sure that I'm being the best I can for my clients, I need to make sure that I'm getting a good amount of sleep, that I'm eating yummy food, I'm getting enough rest. And I just really have to prioritize myself before prioritizing others. And I know that feels selfish, but sometimes the best thing that we can do for other people is be selfish. 
So if you find yourself pouring from an empty cup, make sure that you fill up your cup too, because you can't pour from an empty cup. So number four, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. And number five, this one is my personal favorite. Um, Whether you walk or run, a mile is still a mile. And I don't remember where exactly I heard this quote. I I probably heard it from You Need Therapy, um, that podcast that I recommend a lot throughout all of our episodes um, with Kat Devada. It's the best. Um, I can't take credit for this quote, but love this quote. Whether you walk or run, a mile is still a mile. And taking it quite literally, this has helped me in my fitness journey this year. And just circling back to those esophageal problems, the digestive issues, whatever. um, If you've heard me talk about that, you've probably also heard me talk about how I've had to tweak my fitness routine with that. Um, So really limit my high intensity workouts, limit my running, limit limit my cycling, stuff like that. Um, And that's been really, really hard. Um, and I definitely have moments where I beat myself up and I'm like, you're lazy because you only walk today, or you should eat less because you walked X amount instead of running X amount. But you know what? A mile is still a mile. Whether you walk or run, you still went the same distance and it doesn't matter your pace. That pace does not change its physical distance. And this has also been helpful in thinking about grad school and pursuing my post-grad license as a therapist. It's so easy to want to rush through it all. Rush to get an internship. Rush to take an exam. Rush to finish a project. Rush to get a certain amount of clinical hours. But no matter how quickly you get those hours, the person in front of you and the person behind you still got the same amount of hours. No matter when you pass your board exam, the person in front of you and the person behind you still got that same credential. You can't rush progress. Like in a marathon, whether you walk or run that marathon, you still get the same medal as the person in front of you and the person behind you. So whether you walk or run, a mile is still a mile. Love that and definitely carrying that into 2022. And number six you have to be your own biggest advocate. This showed up in many ways this year. And the first thing that came to mind when thinking about this was this podcast. After releasing my first couple of episodes, people would approach me and be like, congrats, that's awesome. And I would feel so guilty accepting that praise because I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm literally paying to do this. I pay for a hosting site. I pay for a recording platform. I'm just doing this on my own. It's not like someone signed me and literally anyone can do this. But that's just the point. Anyone can do this, but not everyone is doing it. This is something unique and different, and I need to give myself credit for that. And I really don't mean that in a bragging way. It could literally be anything. Like, heck, it could be accepting praise for a cute outfit. Like, take that compliment. Even if you didn't make the dress, you picked it out and threw together an outfit. So give yourself credit when credit is due and be your own biggest advocate. This podcast wasn't just going to happen on its own. I can't just have guests magically appear and come on. I have to advocate for myself and give others a reason to want to come on and listen. So number six, you have to be your own biggest advocate. And number seven, it's not about getting that thing. It's who you are when you get that thing. Again, so good. I definitely heard this elsewhere. I can't take credit for it, but I love this. It's not about getting that thing. It's who you are when you get that thing. 
And this one kind of builds off of whether you walk or run a mile is still a mile. And I've been thinking about my graduation next August a lot. The freedom that that graduation will bring. No more homework, no more papers, no more presentations or night classes. With that diploma comes freedom. But with that diploma also comes responsibility. And when I take my board exam and eventually, and hopefully on the first try, pass that exam and become a licensed professional, I have much more responsibility. So while it's easy to want to fast forward and want to just go ahead and cross that finish line, it's not that diploma that's going to take me far. It's who I am when I receive that diploma that will take me far. You could graduate from Harvard with a PhD in clinical psychology, but if you don't know how to connect with people and build a strong therapeutic alliance, that's not going to get you anywhere. So it's not about getting that thing. It's about who you are when you get that thing. So that's number seven. Love that. And number eight, life gets better when you don't stick to the script. I am 1000% the person who practices what she says in her head before she says it. Like going into my first therapy session with a client, if I could have had a teleprompter or my professor mic'd up in my ear telling me what to say, I 100% would have. But that's just not how life works. And a lot of times the plan that we have in our head or the script that we have in our mind never even comes to fruition. That old saying, we make plans and God laughs, that can be so, so true. Um, I go into each session with clients thinking of potential things to discuss or activities to engage in. And they oftentimes come in with a totally different agenda or topics that they want to cover or topics that we need to cover. And those are usually the best sessions. Sometimes no plan is the best plan. And this really helps us be present in the moment and pulls us out of our heads and into our bodies. And even when like recording episodes for the podcast, when I don't have something typed out in front of me, it's usually a better episode. The conversation flows more smoothly. It's more organic, more relatable. It's just better. So life gets better when you don't stick to the script. And number nine, a little kindness goes a long way. And I come to this realization after a horrific traveling experience after Christmas. So if anyone listening has traveled in the past couple of weeks or watched the news, thousands of flights have been canceled due to weather, understaffing, COVID. I'm sure other reasons too, but it's just been a shit show. Not pleasant for anyone involved. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, I was flying home from the beach and I had a connection, and the first leg of that connection was delayed. So I was going to miss that second leg. So that was a frenzy. Whatever, we get there. The Delta woman is nice, able to accommodate. So we think we have it sorted out. We found another second leg, um, putting us a little bit behind, but that's okay. So whatever, we're at the gate. We're starting to board the next plane. I go up there, scan my little barcode, and they're like, you're not on this flight. So I guess in switching my second leg, the lady accidentally switched my first leg as well. So you can imagine just the sheer panic on my face because I'm like, oh no, I was traveling with Spencer. Spencer's already on the plane. I'm like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I just waited out. She's like, stand to the side. We'll see if we can accommodate. So whatever. She's nice. We're super patient. Uh, There's room for me on the flight. So whatever. Good sailing. Um, so get on the flight, land in Atlanta. Cause that's where my connection is. 
Um, and right when I land, I get another notification that my second leg has now been canceled. So they've switched me to another flight that leaves from Atlanta in 20 minutes. And this being said, I'm like in row 40, like right by the bathroom and the back of the plane. This plane is packed. And for those of you who know the Atlanta airport, it is huge. And to get from terminal to terminal, you have to take the little bus underground. It's such a process. So in my head, I'm like, fuck, there's no way I'm going to make this flight, but let's do it. So Spencer and I race through the airport. We make it all is good. I get on the plane get back to Louisville, land at like 10 o'clock at night, which a little bit annoyed because I was supposed to get there at like six, but whatever, I'm there, all is good. So I go to baggage claim to get my bag and the conveyor belt goes around probably like four times and I'm still not seeing my bag. So I'm like, there is no way in hell my bag is there. So starting to panic, blood pressure is increasing a little bit, just thinking about all the nice, cute Christmas gifts that I have that are perfectly placed in that bag, just my clothes getting wrinkled in there, first world problems, but you know how it goes. So I'm like, shit, let me go over to the customer support window. Hopefully they can sort it out. And as I'm standing in that line, I'm like, fuck, my dumbass threw away the receipt, like the baggage claim receipt that you're supposed to keep with you that tracks your bag and that basically proves like you checked a bag. Um, So that's long gone. So I'm like, how the hell are they supposed to find my bag when there's no proof that I even checked a bag? So yeah, heart starts to really increase, heart rate increases, um, starting to sweat a little bit, tears starting to well in my eyes. And I eventually get to the front of this um, baggage claim support line. And the lady looks up to me with the nicest, most understanding smile. She can obviously tell that I'm a little bit distressed. And she's like, all right, awesome. I can help you. Um, just if you don't mind, give me that receipt from earlier. And I was like, you see, this is the one thing that I don't have. Um, but she was so understanding, very, very nice, um, wasn't judging me, making me, making me feel bad. And she somehow miraculously was still able to track my bag with the information that I provided her. All was good. The bag was going to show up tomorrow. It was fine. I didn't need anything immediately. I was home in one piece and I knew my bag was still in one piece and I would get it eventually. And in this moment, I really realized Kindness can take us so far. Like just the smile from that sweet customer support lady, like she knew that I was upset. She knew that I was stressed and just that smile already made me feel a little bit better. And that situation could have gone very differently. I could have been a bitch to her because it had been a chaotic travel day. 100% out of her control, but I totally could have projected my anger onto her and made it a much more complicated experience. She also could have been a bitch to me. I didn't have what I needed. I didn't have what she needed. Um, So she could have been a bitch as well, but we were both kind to each other and we both sorted it out. I got my bag and I was home in one piece. Um, So yes, kindness can go a long way. So that's number nine. And lastly, number 10, I saved the cheesiest for last, but it's so true. If you love someone, tell them. And a lot of crazy shit has gone down in 2021. I don't want to get political, but there has been a lot of change in our country. There's been a lot of change outside of our country. There's been a lot of change with modern medicine, COVID, 
all that fun stuff. You name it, 2021 came in hot. (laughs) And at the end of the day, I'm just beyond thankful for the connections that were strengthened this year. I'm thankful for the connections that were facilitated, that were fostered, that were sustained. I'm just so thankful for all the connections that I made throughout the year. And those connections include each and every one of you listening. I truly love you all from the bottom of my heart. This episode wouldn't happen if it wasn't for you. This podcast wouldn't happen if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't speak up about certain issues if it wasn't for you. And I wouldn't be motivated ultimately to stay in the mental health field if it wasn't for you. My friends and family, I love you all so, so much. And I truly don't take any of our time for granted. My cohort too, you guys are freaking rock stars. And I love each and every one of you so, so much. I think about all the things that could have gone differently in 2021 and also 2020 because ultimately decisions made in 2020 um, also influenced where I am now. Um, And in thinking about that, I think I applied to like four or five programs for grad school and I picked Lipscomb at the last minute. And I truly can't imagine my life without this program and the people in it. I love you all and I love this place so, so much. Spence, you know how much I love you. My roomies, you know how much I love you all. Sissy, mama, all my peeps just love you guys so much. And while yes, I do think I love you should be saved for for special times, I'm a firm believer that you can't overuse it. I've never been pissed when someone has told me they loved me, that's for sure. Um, And if you don't feel comfortable verbalizing I love you to someone, show them. Show them with your actions. Like with my clients, yes, it would be so unethical for me to say I love you all. But in a way, I love my clients and I want them to feel that love. I want them to know that they're safe with me and that I really cherish my time with each and every one of them. So if 2021 has taught us anything, it's to keep spreading the love. And ultimately, that's what I hope to do with this podcast. So that wraps up the 10 things that I learned in 2021. And I also want to hear from you guys. What did you guys learn in 2021? And what are you guys going to carry with you into 2022? Because we got a wild ride, I'm sure, in the next year. Um, And I just want to make it as awesome as we can make it. Um, So Keep on keeping on, guys. I love you all so much. Um, Thanks for listening, as always, and I'll talk to you next time.